The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a hit. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. Head on over to puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. It's got our YouTube page right up there. It's got our picks, which, Aaron, we ended up in a dead-even tie after 14 weeks of action, absolutely insane. And we did not, honestly, do a lot of the same picks. It's crazy how that happened. We both ended up the season 37, 33, and 1. But I won my lock this past week, Michigan. You lost your lock, Georgia. We said that was going to count as an extra point. So maybe, we'll get to this later on in the show, maybe I did win punt, pass, and pick for season 5 of punt and pass. But head on over to puntandpass.com. It's the best. It's got our picks, our blog, our merch, which should be Ready to roll at the end of the month, right after Christmas, of course. Hashtag supply chain and our YouTube page. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Solomon Brothers Jewelers is the best. Simply put, there is no better place to go. And right now, if you're looking for jewelry, it's like Super Bowl season. Now is the time. The holidays are here. We are in the middle of Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's the last night of Hanukkah. You have got to get your significant other a beautiful piece of jewelry, and there's no better place to go than Solomon Brothers. They're a top-rated jewelry store in both Buckhead and Alpharetta. Both stores are absolutely amazing. The customer service is perfect. They have the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. And if you mention Punt and Pass or just Aaron or myself— you get 10% off your jewelry purchase. How awesome is that? Get on over to Solomon Brothers. They have the biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and the in-store experience is totally unmatched at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. Tell you what, man, Jackie might need to get me something from Solomon Brothers after what happened last night in the SEC Championship. We'll start off right there, Aaron. All right, I'd be remiss not to just, first off, announce the college football playoffs are set. Alabama's number one. Michigan's number two. Georgia is number three. Cincinnati is number four. So the semifinal games are ready to roll. Alabama's going to play Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl, Aaron. Georgia's taking on Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Both of those games are on New Year's Day. But 
People want to talk about what happened in the SEC championship, and I do not blame them. Georgia got absolutely hammered by Alabama, 41-24. to Not what most people were expecting, especially you or I, sifting through social media. A lot of people talking trash, as they should to me. I, I felt this one was going to be different, and I certainly did not think, Aaron, certainly did not think the defense of Georgia would just get exposed. No, listen, I was surprised. Listen, I, I it was fun. I had a bunch of stuff I had to do in the fanfare before the game, and I swear it felt like there was 80% Georgia oh, fans, Alabama fans. Maybe more. Yeah, going to the tail, you know, go, driving through the tailgate to get back to the stadium uh, for the pregame show. I was like, man, there was just so much red and black. And Georgia G's and Georgia fans, I think everyone had the feeling this was going to be the dog's year. Like Alabama, <laughs> I, I feel like Alabama fans were saying, okay, we don't want to deal with it. We know we're not the better football team. We ain't even going to show up. We'll sell our tickets. We'll make some money. We'll let Georgia enjoy a championship. We'll take the year off, and we'll get ready for next year. Yeah, yeah. That's I think all the I think everyone bought into it. I think there's a very few, including your, you know, not including your wife, very few <laughs> amount of fans who still thought that Alabama had a chance. <coughs> Excuse me. And and I just think, to me, it was the chip on the shoulder for Alabama. Football. Oh, that's it's perfect. Play right into their hands. You know, you know Nick Saban really played that up all week. Guys, it's us against the world. It's us against the world. Ain't no one think we're going to get this done. Everyone thinks we're going to lose by double digits, this and that. And, and they just, you know what they always say, hungry dogs run fast. They do, man. And especially when you're hungriest dog – is Jamison Williams, oh. he's going to run really damn fast. But, you know, so I, I it, it's always hard to, when you're in the stands, it's emotional, watch the game, you, you have all these feelings. So then I, you know, obviously I went back this afternoon and, and watched the coaches copy, like, okay, what exactly went right? What exactly went wrong? Do we have a chance to beat them mm-hmm. if we see them again in the national championship? Little nervous. But <laughs> like that, oh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit well, nervous. Obviously. And, and, but, you know, the, the, there's three big issues, and 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 obviously, feel free to jump in on any point. The number one issue, which I've hit on for two years now, we don't have any legitimate top end receiver on the roster. Now, when you, I need you to clarify that, though. not including Brock Bowers, he's a tight end. You're talking a game one, breaker. You're talking you throw to, somebody a wide receiver screen and let him go 90 to the house. You're talking about the Jamison Williams. Williams. Yeah. Or from years past, what Alabama had last year, what LSU had two years yeah. ago, what Ohio State has this year. Like, yeah. We don't have those dudes. We got Brock Bowers, who's the best tight end in the country. Yeah, and un- I, you know how much I love the tight end yeah. position. But we have average receivers all around him. I mean, our best guy, our best home run threat right now, is Lad McConkey. Yeah, it's Lad. I was and I love yeah. Lad. Lad ain't Jamison Williams. No. And Lad would tell you that. that. Comparison. I mean, that, that that to me, that is what hurt Georgia last year, and that is what hurt Georgia this year. If you go back and watch the film, there is no one open on 80% of the plays. Mm-hmm. There is no – this offense is not built to throw the football every damn play. No, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. doesn't matter who's at quarterback. This is a team – and this is a football team, not just offense. This is a football team that's built to 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 dominate on defense, get torn, turnovers, short field, run the football, protect the football, and that's how you win. Old school style SEC football, ground and pound, play, play great defense, win a football game 30 to 14, 30 to 20. That's it. That, that That's Georgia's identity. If you get into any kind of shootout and your defense can't stop someone, they don't got the horses on the outside 
to separate, to make the big explosive play. So that, that's one. They, they don't have that. Two, I don't think Stetson – I mean, everyone's now saying, oh, Stetson can't do it. I, we knew it. Stetson can't win a championship. It goes back to the receivers. One, still my main issue. And I thought Stetson honestly played fine. The first pick wasn't all his fault. The, the tight end completely stopped running the route. Yeah. Which allowed the safety to jump. That is Second a fact. Second one was his yes. mistake. Second one was all in Stetson. The pick six, he should have saw the safety. The guy wasn't moving. He actually had opportunity for a post route over top against the quarter's coverage. But I thought for the majority of the day, I thought Stetson was fine. Like I said, this offense is not built to come from behind. Yeah. So I don't care if it was JT or Stetson. When you get in that kind of hole, down 14 points, going against how good Alabama was, I don't care if you made the switch to go to JT. I don't think JT would have made much of a difference. And then the last point, our D-line, what the I hell know. happened? There's nothing. No pressure on the quarterback. And it wasn't like Alabama was ridiculous. doing anything crazy when it comes to, to, to protection. They weren't keeping extra guys in. They were winning the one-on-one battles. That plains of Alabama, which no one thought this would happen heading into the game, Alabama offense line was winning the one-on-one battles against Georgia's front four, Georgia's front seven. You could have – I would have bet a lot of money that yeah. that would not have happened. I mean, I don't, we yeah. didn't have one sack. Not one sack on the game. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I agree with you on all accounts. You know, I don't want to play the coulda, shoulda, woulda game. Stetson Bennett almost threw a pick six on the first drive, which would have been just absolutely disastrous. But it was not a pick six. It was not even an interception. When the second quarter route was in full swing, when Alabama was racking up north of 300 yards in just the second quarter, five straight drives of points, Georgia suddenly down 14 points. I text you. You were on the sideline. And I knew what everybody was saying on social media. They're going to point at Stetson Bennett. I text you. I said, Aaron, Stetson is 14 of 19 for 200-plus yards and two touchdowns. No interceptions up to that point, and the dogs were down by 14 points. That right there was the game. The second the game quarter was the, the game was when they scored before halftime. Too that fast. was the game. Now, let me tell you this. I'm going to read this from Pat Forty's column on SI.com. Okay. Quote, after taking a 10 to nothing lead, Georgia was up 10 to nothing in the SEC championship game. After taking a 10 to nothing lead and seemingly having momentum slanting heavily in its favor, everything turned on one single play early in the second quarter. It was third and two at Alabama's 33 yard line. The Georgia heavy crowd was roaring. Alabama's Bryce Young dropped tack to pass. He finds Jamison William all alone. William goes 75 yards to the house. That right there was just gut-wrenching. You felt the game totally change. Mm -hmm. Bryce Young's like, I got these guys, right? To that point, this is in the Pat Forty article, Alabama had not had a play longer than 13 yards from that play onward. 10 plays of 15 yards of longer, seven of them in the second quarter against the nation's best defense, and it was done. It was absolutely done. Right before halftime, people will forget this. I saw it on a Facebook comment today from our buddy Brian Walters, who's a listener, go dogs to Brian. He said, when Nolan Smith did not fall on the ball, when it was fumbled by Bryce Young, that right there was a change of the game because Alabama recovered it. Alabama scored before half. Alabama got the ball after half. And it seemed like all hope was lost. There were little points in that game where you could go and look at it and say, damn, if only this thing would have happened. Mm-hmm. 
the 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 momentum would not have so heavily swung. I mean, you were in the stadium, Aaron. I was in the stadium. People probably saw me, my wife, my sister, and my mom on the jumbotron dancing to Whitney Houston. We were trying to laugh through the pain, but you could feel it in the stadium. These damn Alabama fans and that football team and Coach Saban. You're like, oh my goodness, it. it, it what was Saban's quote after the game? The rat poison you fed us this week was yummy. I mean, they yeah. were loving it, and you and I played right into their hands. Well, and 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 this is another. This is point number four. We added on the defensive backs for Georgia. Ooh, Lewis Seen. out of Yikes. position. So the first touchdown, and and I gotta. I'm gonna put this on my Instagram tonight or tomorrow. James, is you talking about the James Williams touchdown? Yeah, the yes. James Williams his first touchdown. So it's so funny. You go back to one of my first posts I did this year versus Clemson where Georgia rolls a cover two, they bring pressure, they don't play cover three, they just play cover two. The nickel is able to come inside, make the interception for the big touchdown versus mm-hmm. Clemson. Similar coverage, and if you go back and watch it, the corner who was, um, I forgot who the corner was versus Clemson, he goes back and plays the backside safety. You're now the corner, you go back and you're now responsible for the second half of the field. He's facing inside. I went back to clarify this and I watched the Instagram. You go back to that play right there. He's supposed to go back and be the backside safety. He is a cover two invert. Defensive end drops. Defensive end becomes a new corner. Corner becomes the new safety. He continues to, to shadow the receiver. So he's facing the sideline. Dig route. Dig route coming from right to left. Yep. He catches it. There's no backside safety support. There's no, no one there's there. None. It should have been a 15, 20-yard catch. I'll yeah. take it. 15, 20 yards. Their longest play of the game, that's fine. Yeah, okay, we yeah. give up a, a big play. Stuff like that. Then later on in the, in the game, they're driving down for the two-minute drive in the half. Two-man, just a simple two-man. You guard your man, two safeties over top. You kind of play behind the receiver because you got two guys over there to, to help you. Our guy completely lets uh, number eight go. Just yeah, Mechie. Go. It was go. a great little like double route. He kind of stuttered and then got no, it. No, but got, he, he, he's your guy. I know. I know. He's your guy. <laughs> I know. And he just lets him go. Yeah. And he's wide open and ends up getting 15, 20 yards down the sideline. Like Georgia and, and Kirby said to me after the game, so many times just blown coverages, which is so unique for them because they're so disciplined. Yeah. But that's what you worry about in games like this when guys are trying to do too much instead of just doing their damn job. Yeah. Just do your job. Yep. What, what got you here? Yep. Do your job. Don't make the game in the moment too big. I didn't think Georgia would do that. I thought they were a more disciplined team than that. But when you watch the tape on defense over and over and over again, man, it's guys just not doing their job, trying to do too much, and it bit them in the ass over and over again, and that's why you saw the big explosive. I totally agree. Um, you were at the SEC Fanfare Saturday. I was there as well. I was on a panel with David Green, and, you know, I'm giving out all my statistics. 680 had me on earlier this week, and I gave out every statistic. I was on Bulldog All-Stars Thursday night. I gave out every statistic. Like, you could talk shit as a Georgia fan heading into that game because the statistics were telling you Georgia should work Alabama on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So at the SEC Fanfare, Greeny and I were talking, and I, and I said out loud, I go, the only way Georgia loses this game is if it's absolutely disastrous. And guess what? It was absolutely disastrous. Georgia came in leading the nation in about every defensive category. 
They were only allowing 6.9 points per game. Alabama scored 41. They were only allowing 151 passing yards per game. Alabama hung 421 passing yards. Georgia was allowing 230 total yards per game. Alabama gained 536. Georgia almost averaged four sacks a game. Zero sacks. Disastrous. Disastrous. What happens now? Lots of question marks around, really, the defense. I keep going back to the defense, the defense, the defense. That is who lost Georgia yeah, this football Stetson, game. Let's get, okay, let's go to situational football. I love situational football. Third quarter starts. Georgia actually starts stopping Alabama. Georgia puts the drive together. Stetson turns the ball over. You're like, damn. Well, guess what? Defense hangs in there, stops Alabama. Georgia gets the ball back. They drive right back down the field. It's fourth and nine. And Georgia decides to go for it. I text you immediately. I said, why not take the points? And you said, still a two-score game. I don't care, okay? You hadn't scored in forever. I think from a mental standpoint, for the defense, not so much the offense, the defense can then take a deep breath and go, Man, thank God, at least offense has put something on the board. It was fourth and nine. If it was fourth and four or fourth and two, okay, I, I get it. Let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Fourth and nine, early in the third quarter, you had just stopped Alabama twice. This is situational football. Put some points on the board. Your team feels better. Your defense takes a deep breath. I guarantee you the offensive stats going, man, we stopped the bleeding, finally. And all the fans in the stands are probably like, hey, golf clap, jackpot, hopefully he makes it. We're good to go. We got some points on the board. Let's settle down and get into the second half. You and Clint Bowling both said, offensive guys, no, you got to go for it there. You got to go for it there. And Kirby said after the game, well, we probably should have taken the points. Obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Me as a special teams guy, I'm like, how could you not kick that field goal with how the game was going? The, the smallest bit of momentum that Georgia could have gotten in any moment was much needed. And I thought that was a huge missed opportunity just to stop the bleeding. See, I don't know. I just think we, when, you, when you have to go by also what, what's happening at the moment, and Alabama has been rolling the entire game. I mean, th- th- so this – I just pulled up the possessions there. Touchdown, Georgia had an interception. Alabama – they finally did then stop Alabama for the first time like in six possessions. Yeah. Got the ball back, had a 12-play drive. They're moving it. I think at that point you're kind of saying, okay, we, we've stopped Alabama once in what, the past six possessions – they got our number today. Like this ain't a field goal game. This is a game where you got to score touchdowns, and we're only going to get at that time. There was like five minutes to go in the third quarter. We may only get three or four possessions in this game. Like we got to get. I I I thought it was the right call. Alabama brought the heat. There was no one open. Setson threw it up. Incompletion. We all know. Like you said, hindsight. You know, maybe you go back and kick the field goal. I just think the way the game was going. I'm sorry. I know this defense has been historic this year. It was just one of those nights where Alabama had their number. Oh, you I just, think? I, to me, I was not comfortable saying, hey, we stopped them one time finally, that we're going to keep doing that the rest of the half. I just, To me, I, didn't, I, I did not have the confidence as a fan that our defense 
could hold them zero points going the rest of the way out. Yeah, it wasn't about holding the defense to zero points. Though. That I think that's what I was saying. It was simply putting a Band-Aid on what the hell was going on, which was, you know, slitting the wrist of George's defense seemingly every time George, Alabama got the ball. Excuse me. It was two consecutive stops for the defense. It's like, hey, let's reward them with some points. I mean, hell, even if it's two points in a safety somehow, let's put something on the board. Let everybody settle down just a little bit. You could just feel Feel the game getting away. And, you know, you and I were both at the 2019 SEC Championship. Georgia wasn't beating LSU. LSU was historic. Georgia oh, yeah. wasn't the best. You go in there, you're like, hey, I hope we can keep it close before halftime. Joe Burrow and the boys rung up 40-plus. It was over. Saturday was different, man. You walked in there, 85%. I really do think it was 85% Georgia fans. Everybody's so optimistic. This is our time. Avenge us for the national championship game. And, you know, there was, you there, was, there was one person I was worried about before the game. One person I was worried about before the game heading into that stadium, and it was Kirby Smart. Kirby versus Nick. You know, you and I talk about it. We can say it. We can look at the stats. We can read everything. We can tell you what it's like inside that locker room. But when he's looking across that field, he hasn't done it yet. He needs to do it. If he gets a chance in the national championship game, like you just said, you've broken down the tape, a lot of things are going to have to change. A lot of things are going to have to change. But he might get another chance. What's your biggest concern, Drew? So I'll I'll give you four things. Okay. You know, because – I'm not here to defend Stetson. Listen, I, I'm I'm harder on Georgia quarterbacks than probably anyone. But there's there was four issues in the game, and I want you to rank them one through four. Okay. Four being the most glaring that needs to to, okay. to improve in order for Georgia to win a national championship. Receivers, D line, Stetson. Or the DBs. See, I you know Rank I, them one to four. What what to me what of the four things you saw in the game, what were the four? What, what was the most glaring? We better get this. Well, DBs, DBs, okay. so DBs, DBs are one. number one. You got to yes. fix that. With Mechie being out, it seems like in Coach Saban said it today. They're expecting yeah. it's a pretty significant knee injury, no contact. He buckled, he went down. With Mechie being out, that certainly changes Alabama's offensive dynamic heading into the playoff. You cannot allow Alabama to throw for 421 yards. They didn't run the ball against Georgia. And yep. they're not going to run the ball against Georgia if they do, do replay. You better fix the DBs if there is a rematch because that's the only way Alabama's offense can expose Georgia. Number two, okay, I would say you fix the D-line. Again, I'm going to defense, right? Yep. Because the front seven did not get the pressure needed. That has really made up for the defensive secondary of Georgia. All season yep. long. I keep saying it. I'm like, hell, I could you put me in there at safety if Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean and Nolan Smith are getting after the quarterback in two seconds and he can't make a decision. It masks a lot of problems. DB's D line, and then what were the other two? Stetson was one of them. I'll put Stetson three. And receivers. Yeah, I'll put Stetson three. You can't turn the ball over. Right? Yeah, you I'm can't you. turn the ball over. He knows that. He said that. Can't do pick sixes. Can't do the blind throw. Just go down. Let the defense keep playing. And then force the receivers. I love that they threw George Pickens that bomb. That got the crowd fired up. He jumped up and high-pointed it. That was awesome, right? That Again, going into the playoff, he's going to have four more weeks of preparation, four more weeks of feeling healthier. That's a great weapon to have. So I would go DBs, D-line, Stetson, don't turn the ball over, and receivers. 
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Brock Bowers is an absolute animal. Jake Camarda, <laughs> the punts wow. he was hitting, I'm like, oh, looked like a jugs machine. He yeah. was mashing. But, but for Georgia fans, of course they want to blame the quarterback. It was not. To, you it just wasn't. said it. You're a special team guy. It was not. It wasn't. Lost us the game. It wasn't. It was it not. Wasn't. It was not Stetson's fault. We are right? not an offense. I'll say it again. We are not an offense that is built to come from behind like that. We're not an offense that's not many are against Alabama. Not Let's just are. get that out there. Okay. There not many. There's there's maybe I don't know Ohio State. I would say is the only one that could go toe for toe. Maybe Ole Miss. I know we saw what happened against Ole Miss this year, but Ole Miss still has the you know capability to do that. But it's Ohio State. Is the only team that can go touchdown for touchdown with Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at this SI article from Pat Forty, and these questions are in my eyeballs right now, and it's just it's like knives. It's like knives. It says right here the team that had answer every answer for twelve games was thumped forty one to twenty four by Alabama, and now it faces the old questions all over again. Can Georgia ever win the big one? Can Georgia ever beat the Crimson Tide? Can Georgia ever keep a lead against Alabama? Can Coach Smart ever beat Nick Saban? Can Georgia ever win a championship with Stetson Bennett at quarterback? Can Georgia's once-dominant defense get its mojo back? Those are the questions that Georgia's going to have to answer over the next three weeks. We talk about, you know, Alabama maybe had the better individual players in this game. You know, they had the better quarterback. Yep. You know, they had the better skill player in, in Jamison Williams and maybe the better defender in Will Anderson. He, that like, guy's okay. an absolute beast. Now, let me just say right I now, I keep going. Dude, I said the same thing. Holy I crap. saw him. I go, oh. I was like, that dude is an absolute baller. I was like, oh, my God. Will Anderson I thought, is an I, like, You watch the film, you're like, man, he's he's great. And then yeah. I saw him pregame like, on the Woo-hoo. field like in front of me. I was like, I didn't realize he was that big. Yep. That's he's one of those guys where you're on the field and you're like, um, what? I mean, he's, that you're, is you're an built impressive specimen. You're yeah. Built yeah. But it's a team game. So, like, okay, yes, maybe they had the best players at those positions, but Georgia's a better football team. But I'll tell you what, Jamison can move. Like that second touchdown to start the second half. 
Oh, where he split the double team. Yep. Split them. I mean, there's nothing you could do. I mean, it's two on one. He's just a, he's a superior athlete. There's nothing to it. Like, I don't care how good of DB you are. You have to have elite world-class track speed to be able to keep up with that. Dude. I know. I know. And it, in the past, was absolutely beautiful. I mean, listen, we, we can all agree on this thing, too. Bryce Young is going to be in the Heisman winner. Yeah, which is ridiculous. He's not even the best player on their team. Will Anderson's the better player no, than Bryce Young. But he was special. When he, he was. rolled off the right and flipped it backwards. Ooh, that was sick. I was like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was like, he may have just won the Heisman on that play. I know. He did all that. And, and, and the second thing, I said, if Alabama was going to win the game, they needed two things to happen. They needed explosive plays because they cannot go down the field consistently against this defense. Yep. And they need Bryce Young to say, I'm just going to run the football. Yeah, finally. Finally. And he did. Yep. Instead he did. of just holding it and trying to wait for the receivers to get open, he just took off, used his legs, and ran almost and bit man, of the ass there was a time. A lot of space for him, too. But I mean, man, the, the touchdown run, Georgia went two man. When you go two man, there's no one for the quarterback. That was right before halftime. Right before halftime. They yep. went two man in the red zone. There was no one eyeing Bryce Young at all. He took off. There's no one there. Easy touchdown. Yeah. You know, that's um, huge, man. He, he's now showing the defenses he's willing to run. Got to respect it's it. Scary. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's scary. And you know those double scores right before half; those are just absolute. I, I had to break that down for Sharon. I was like Sharon. I so Georgia's driving. I was like Sharon, you know, because she's she's still learning the game. I was like Georgia does not want to score and give Alabama time. She goes, "Why?" I was like, "Because yeah. Alabama has two. They're gonna have time. Yep. to score, get the ball back, and score again without our offense ever touching the football." And then we scored. McConkey got in. I was like, "Oh, I don't feel good about this." Boom! Score. Get the ball back. Score again. You're like, "Well, they're good." At that point, like, game's over. Yeah. I mean, seriously, seriously. Yeah. yeah. If you know football, you thought that to yourself. You know, Will Anderson, uh, such an impressive looking athlete. I I saw him for the first time in person. I was like, "Wow." Everything that everybody's ever said about him, totally true, and more. It kind of reminded me the one player, really the one player that I've ever been face to face with was Cam Chancellor in the NFL. Remember Cam Chancellor with the yeah. Seahawks, like six foot yep. four, two forty, runs like a gazelle. I'm like, what the hell am I doing on this football field? That dude is an absolute beast. Um you don't look at most people on the football field and be like, what Well, you know, they look at here? me. They're like, look at this guy. He's a total stud. They're like, wow, Drew Butler, look at him. What is he doing out here? Um yeah, a lot of glaring, glaring questions for Georgia. Can Georgia beat Alabama and Natty based on what you saw? Well last you know what else is glaring? We're gonna get to that in a second, but you know what else is glaring? Really? The diamonds at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Mm-hmm. They are bling, bling, absolutely baby. perfect. That's right. This episode is presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Custom jewelry design, lifetime diamond upgrades, the most beautiful stores with the best service, full bar in there, TVs. I'm telling you guys, take your significant other to Solomon Brothers, both in Buckhead and Alpharetta. Get yourself a cocktail. You can even go on the weekends. They have sports on in there, so you can take care of yourself while your significant other is taking care of themselves. And the best part about Solomon Brother, Solomon Brothers Jewelers is for anyone with any budget, big or small. And you can make your budget go further when you mention Punt and Pass, 10% off your jewelry purchase. The lowest price is on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. Can Georgia beat Alabama if there is a rematch? Let's talk about that in just a few minutes, Aaron. 
Utah wins the Pac-12. They beat up on Oregon 38-10. to Much of the same of what happened earlier just a couple of weeks ago. Now the rumors are saying Mario Cristobal might be announced as Miami's head coach tomorrow. Dan Radakovich, Clemson athletic director, being reported to take the Miami athletic director job. Manny Diaz, still the head coach at Miami. Just bizarre, but Utah. Yeah, how, how good does that feel? He's, oh, out, he's out recruiting oh, right now. Crazy. And he may not have a job tomorrow. Utah wins the Pac-12. They'll take on Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Baylor beats Oklahoma State mm. in the Big 12 championship game, which was an absolutely awesome game. I was watching that while at the fanfare. They beat Okie State 21-16 to as a 5.5-point underdog. That last play, a half a yard short for Oklahoma State, and they would have maybe maybe no georgia would have had to beat well georgia would have had to beat alabama for oklahoma state to come in i do not think you can put oklahoma state ahead of georgia well you know georgia cincinnati maybe maybe i don't know baylor cincinnati didn't get in i know baylor going to the sugar bowl to take on ole miss cincinnati takes care of business 35 to 20 over houston in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. So they are in number four, undefeated. The only undefeated team in the country gets in at the four spot. They're going to take on Alabama. Watch out. You know, I mean, this is a team, Cincinnati, a lot of confidence. They have the confidence as well, playing Georgia last year, that they can they go got, up They got against. a DB. They got one of the best DBs yes, in the they country. Yes, they do. And without Mechie, so. Mechi, you know, he's going to be able to go up against Jameson. Yeah, Avon Gardner, yep. Gardner is, is that's going to be the matchup, man. If he can lock down... Sauce Gardner, my boy Mick Hamilton from Icon Source recruited him to Cincinnati, so shout out Mick. Michigan mollywops Iowa 42-3. to That was my lock of the week. Jim Harbaugh gets another monkey off his back, wins a Big Ten championship. They are going to play Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Dominant performance. I told you last Thursday, I was like, I don't think Iowa's going to be able to score. Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. That Michigan defense, you know, Michigan, when you look at them, very, very similar to Georgia. So I am really excited to see what this Orange Bowl is going to look like. And then the other game that you and I were both spot on with, Pitt beating up on Wake Forest 45-21. to Wake Forest, the fakest good team in recent college football history. Any decent team they played, they lost to Kenny Pickett. He should go to New York and be there yep. for the Heisman Trophy celebration and ceremony. Pitt covers as a three-point favorite big time. So there you go. Cotton Bowl, Alabama against Cincinnati, one versus four. That is the early game on New Year's Day. It was announced today that Georgia and Michigan will be the primetime game, 7.30 p.m. So I'm guessing Herb Street and Fowler will be on the call. And... Georgia, I think, opened up as a nine-point favorite, Aaron. Then it dropped down to like seven and a half at most books. Alabama, 14 and a half, 17 and a half point favorite. I don't even know yet against Cincinnati. So what do you expect? I mean, we're going to have so many more podcasts before then. But were you expecting the rankings to be what they were? Because I felt like that was pretty consensus heading in. You're like, okay, we know what's going to happen. Alabama one, Michigan two. The only thing that I think would not have been that surprising was that the committee said, you know what, Michigan's number one. Yeah, so there's two two thoughts. One was, you know, obviously if Oklahoma State won, who knows what would have happened. But when Oklahoma State lost, Georgia lost, you knew who the four teams were. It's like, okay, what's the order going to be now? It's do you want to risk a possible because you're already ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12 are out, so you've eliminated three three of the, the the power boys are out of this playoff thing. So you know there's a bunch of pissed off people across the country. Do you want to possibly 
have an SEC versus SEC national yeah. championship? Yeah. Or do you and, and just get it out of the way in the semifinals, or or is it kind of unattractive to have those guys rematch so soon? That was a big question. How do you want to handle this? Do you really want to piss a bunch of people off by having SEC versus SEC national championship, or have a rematch so close? And obviously they chose. Yeah. Let's do the possible SEC champ or SEC uh, teams both going at it in the national championship. Really interesting. I was talking with with Josh Brooks and, and President Moorhead after the game, and they said the SEC made about another twenty five million dollars by getting both teams in the playoffs. Oh yeah, I mean that's a fact. Yes, that it's is a lot of money. So you data. know they're feeling pretty good about it. But no, I, listen, this is what I thought. I you know my dad was like, no, Georgia's not going to get in, just like every you know other. I'll piss off Georgia fans. The game last night. I was like, listen, yeah. Georgia was number one from the very beginning. They've proven it over and over again. They had a bad week against the number three team in the country. They're in. Yeah. They're in. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, I, I, and I do think they, based on Cincinnati's strength of schedule too, Georgia deserved to be number three. I like the way it's going right now. Yeah. Um, I do in my heart of hearts believe it's going to be Georgia-Alabama rematch. And you said, I mean, and, and Michigan is built just like Georgia, which is correct. I just think is Georgia, they're the poor man version of Georgia. Yeah, they got be- Georgia's Georgia's got the only better team that horses. Georgia can, has to worry about are teams that are like Alabama, which <laughs> is Ohio State. Yep. If it was Ohio State they were playing, I'd be like, okay, based on what we just saw from Alabama, I'd be ugly. a little bit worried. But it's Michigan. They're like I said, they're the poor man's Georgia. So I, I think Georgia takes care of business. I think Alabama takes care of business. And we're going to have a rematch of the SEC championship game. So the college football playoff odds right now, this is from Bet Online. Number one, Alabama is a 13.5-point favorite against number four, Cincinnati. Georgia, number three, is a seven-point favorite against number two, Michigan. Odds to win it all. Bama plus 120, Georgia plus 140, Michigan plus 650, Cincinnati plus 950. So, you know, think about the psyche of the Georgia fan base right now, Aaron. You're in the playoff, okay? First time since 2017. You are in the college football playoff. You are a touchdown favorite against the number two team in the country who just won the Big Ten championship by 40 points, and everybody hates everybody. I hate it. Georgia sucks. I don't want in. This is awful. Now, I I get that might be hyperbole. I get that might be overblown. But I had to do a little bit of self-talk today, right? Say, man, come on. Come on. Got a lot of time before December 31st. Got a lot of opportunity to right some wrongs. Got a lot of chance to say, hey, you know what? Let's go take care of business like we had 12 times before Saturday and make our way into the national championship game. You know what's one thing, though, that I thought it just rubbed me the wrong way? And even Jackie brought it up. After the game, when Coach Smart was asked about college football playoff he just kind of said hey you know it's out of our control we're not going to worry about it now i get that and he might have been totally confident that george was going to get in much like i was before the week started i said even if george loses they're going to get in i mean they would have had to gotten shut out which they almost they were 99 percent chance of getting yes. to the playoffs before the week i thought it was a great opportunity for coach smart to do what every other coach before him in that same situation has done stick up for his team make a public statement politic say hey you know what we are one of the top four teams in the country. We might still be the best team in the country. Yeah, we had a bad day. Yeah, we got our ass kicked. 
but we deserve to be in the college football playoff. We look forward to competing for a national championship. These kids deserve it. This school deserves it. We've done enough over this entire season to prove it to the committee. We should be in the playoff, much like in 2011 when Alabama didn't even play in the SEC championship, much like in 2017 when Alabama didn't even play in the SEC championship, meaning they did not even win their division, much less the conference. Who the hell do you think was on college game day those days? Nick Saban, politicking, Crimson Blazer on. Hey, we're one of the best four teams in the country. Committee needs to put us in there. We are one of the best four teams in the country, even though we didn't win a division, even though we're not playing for our conference championship. They need to put us in there. And guess what the committee does? They break their backs by bending over so hard to acquiesce to Coach Saban. I thought that was a missed opportunity for Kirby, but I get it because maybe he just knew in the back of his head, like, we are going to the playoff. I just would have liked to hear him say it, Aaron, because, yeah, the dogs got absolutely whooped last night. But look, still got everything that you want to happen right in front of you. Now it's a matter of, can they do it if they were to get a rematch against Alabama? We're gonna find out. They, yes, you know, we think, are, buddy. You said earlier. You said earlier. I think one piece is still, you know, gives me some hope. Is is we'll see what Pickens looks like here in about four weeks, five yeah. weeks. Uh, I think that's a that's a position that, like I said, it's it's one of my major concerns. So we'll see if they can make it happen. Uh, so I'm just going through the list right now of bowl games. Obviously, the SEC well represented. Going to be awesome to see uh, some of these guys over the place. Uh, scrolling down, scrolling down, I get to the Arizona Bowl. Boise. Do you know who's producing the Arizona Bowl? Barstool Sports. Who the hell's calling the game? Oh, uh, I think is it is it on CBS? Who's who's uh, what TV channel is it on? I don't know. Is it on TV or is it, it just gonna be like streamed? It might be streamed. Yeah, it's probably gonna be streamed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find it now. I'm on. I've just typed in Arizona Bowl and Barstool. Live, yeah, I'm live stream on barstoolsports.com. There you go. But I want to know who is which one of them is going to commentate it. I'm like, oh my god, this is hilarious. And did you see who they got to be the um, halftime show for for the Arizona Bowl? No, it's um, it's Creed. Remember the the meme from the Thanksgiving Christmas uh, Thanksgiving uh, Cowboys game where Creed is singing "Can You Take Me Higher" and the guys are yeah. like doing the acrobats. That's who they, that's who they got to do the uh, nice. halftime show for the Barstool Arizona Bowl, and I and think they also in Arizona. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So I'm happy though. Like who? I mean, Tennessee's in a good bowl game. Yeah, Music City Bowl. Uh, you know, I'm really pumped about is in the Florida UCF, Arkansas, baby, in in Tampa. Yeah, Arkansas versus Penn State in in the Outback Bowl. And it looked like uh, Jaden Hazelwood just committed to Arkansas today. I saw that transfer from um, Oklahoma. And it's also being reported right now while we're on the pod. We don't have to wait till after. But Brent Venables, it's expected to be named the head coach at Oklahoma tomorrow. See, I I don't see him as a head coach. You know, he maybe because he's just been such a DC for so long. I thought that he's he's a career DC, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like honestly, if I win the coaching, I don't know if I would want to be a head coach. I'd rather just be an OC, get paid two million dollars a year, and not have to worry about all the headaches. I don't know if I love that. Yeah, uh, you know who's about to really be shown 
is Dabo. And you and I kind of went like semi-viral yeah. in the Clemson circles earlier this year when I was like, hey, Dabo's getting absolutely exposed right now. He's about to have not the best quarterback. Brent Venables is about to leave him. I mean, it is about to be who is Dabo Sweeney without everybody that he has put around him, which of course is his credit. Um, but Brent Venables is going to leave and become the Oklahoma head football coach. So good for him. Long time defensive coordinator at Clemson. And it kind of rings to the same kind of tune as what Kirby Smart did before he came to Georgia. Last thing I'm going to say, did you see the TikTok of um, Alabama's defensive coordinator with the cheerleader? No. Oh, dude, look at this. I'm going to show this. If you're watching YouTube, you can see it. I mean, can you see this? Hold on, hold on. I got to see this. I can't see my screen. All right, here we go. Can you see this? I can see it. All right, look. I see Bryce Young yeah. hugging. Look at, look at. That's the defensive coordinator. Oh, and then he looks at the cameras like, uh-oh, we just <laughs> yeah, got caught. Yeah. I mean, is he married? Is that his I have no idea. I think he's a pretty younger guy. Pete Golding is, I think, his yeah. name. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him. How great is that? He's just carrying her around. <laughs> oh, God. So Alabama's defensive coordinator, I mean, good for him. Please let us know, those listeners. Is uh, <laughs> yeah. any inside scoop, my man? Is he married? Does he have kids? Is this similar to who was Texas, the uh, special teams coordinator? Is there any monkey business yeah, going monkey on gate? there? Oh, monkey my gate God. 2.0 Alabama That's style. Well, hey, you know what, Pete Golding? If you're listening, if you're a punt and pass listener, which you might be, and your beautiful girlfriend or whoever that was <laughs> on the field, you know, Christmas time is coming up. It might be time to pop the question and <laughs> propose to her. You got to go to Solomon Brothers. Go to Solomon Brothers Jewelers and get that girl a fine piece of jewelry. Mention, mention Pun Pass Podcast. You get 10% off your jewelry purchase or just Drew or Aaron. That is what we can do for him after he just got aired out on social media for being seemingly in a relationship with an Alabama cheerleader. Go to SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. The store is for anyone with any budget, including the Alabama defensive coordinator. <laughs> He's got two options as well, Buckhead or Alpharetta, Maya, Jaron. They'll take care of him, okay? They will oh. be set. He won't have to miss anything. He can watch the football games while she is shopping inside Solomon Brothers. They are the best. The biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, unmatched in-store experience. SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. Anything on the way out, brother? I'm um, laughing through the pain. A lot of pain and suffering oh, today. I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of pain, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I woke up, uh, made breakfast it for the funny. girls, and I, 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 had a beer at, I had a beer at noon. I did. I was like, I have to have a cold beer right now. I'm just, I'm not in the right mental space. I and and I started watching NFL football. I started texting you. I was like, okay, we're we're good to go now. We're good to go. We had the most interesting experience with the fans sitting in front of Sharon and I. The dude was clapping. So he's wearing a Georgia jersey. So like, oh, he's a Georgia fan. Yeah. But he was clapping like anytime like Georgia made a mistake or Alabama made a play. So I don't know if he was like trying to like feel like he was pumping Georgia back up, or if he was like secretly knew that you know. Hey, Alabama's probably going to lose, so I'm going to wear some Georgia gear so I don't get, like, punched or something. And, you know, I had to go to the field before the game ended to do the interview. Yeah. So I don't know if he, like, after the game ripped off his Georgia jersey and, like, some Alabama gear underneath it. Most bizarre thing in the world. Like, he was confused. Know. 
like Alabama scores a touchdown, he's clapping. I'm like, I don't get what this guy's trying to do right now. Uh, weird, it. but overall, um, dog faith, dog nation, man. Remain Keep faithful. Okay. Keep your head up. Okay. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. And the positive of this whole thing is, because talking with Brooks and, and Moorhead, we were going to go to Dallas. Yep. Yeah. We lost. Now we get to go to Miami. Hey, now. Are you going to go? I, yeah, I'm going. Okay. Are well, we... I'm doing. I'm doing Sirius XM. I'm doing um, the player interviews for Media Day. Oh, sweet. Yes. Can I come? Come on. Come on. I thought you were going to drive Icon Bus down. We oh, we should get the bus down there. All right. We should get the bus down there. All right. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. We're going to Miami. Going okay. To Beach, baby. So that is the positive. It was just meant All to right. be dogs on South Beach over Dallas. So I think there's some some happier fans with that. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Sounds great. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. He is at Aaron Murray 11. And we'll talk to you later on this week. See you. PuntandPass.com. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.